right post. It's a good delivery, and Kizzy's there, and it's in! Joe Kizzy! And Jacob Greaves has touched it in! Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Anytime Notebook. We are here every single week to mark your card for the weekend across the EFL. You know this by now. Set-piece threats, rampaging win-backs, forward-thinking, holding midfielders. Every single one of them gets a warm welcome in the pages of the Anytime Notebook. Regular listeners, welcome back. New listeners, great to have you on board. Joining me as always, John Bywater. Good evening, John. Good evening, Gavin. We've, yeah, we've already had a busy evening, haven't we? So this is, uh, this is part have, two for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, check it out if you, it's something a little bit different from us. We are, we are nothing if not uh, committed content providers. Uh, we had a great chat with Stuart Reid, who is a um, fantastic set-piece analyst. And um, turns out analysts don't think too differently to set-piece punters, do they, John? There's... Um, Lots of common ground there, looking at similar things. The only difference is he gets paid for it and uh, we certainly don't. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit more accountable than we are <laughs> to his actual <laughs> employers. Uh, he's yeah, a lovely guy account. as well, though, wasn't he? That's oh, fantastic. You know, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a great bit of insight to, to recognise an opportunity to, to, to go into that type of industry, provide something, you know, identify a gap, fill that gap, Learn the trade, and he's um, he's um, I'd advise everyone to, to check it out. A fantastic thirty minutes of um, of listening to a you know a, a proper set piece analyst, not just the, right, yeah. not just like us, John, but a proper set piece yeah. analyst. Talk you through what their what their role is. Um, we still did uh, put in the graph this week, though, John, and um, well, last week. Let's talk about last week first off. Um, in another alternate universe, within ten minutes, you've had. Harvey Rogers head one in instead of over the bar. Sam Hughes has sneaked in at the the near post after the far post effort. Sam Lavelle smashed one into the ground from about eight yards out, which I think was a generous quarter goal XG when you watch it back. But um, in an all too more realistic universe, uh, you have a forum now to moan about your bad luck. No, no, no. Come on, Gav. I didn't know. There's a few comments from uh, listeners last week that I was particularly cheery. Um, and listening back, they weren't wrong. Um, <laughs> I did so. Uh, I don't hide it very well, but I was really, uh, I was, seemed to be on a particular downer last week. But obviously <laughs> seeing seeing Rogers, Hughes and Lavelle all, all have chances and none of them scoring put me back to my normal level self. Oh, we love it. We love it. Um, it's been a week of uh, week of managerial changes. Certainly has. Some of which happened recently. Um, mm. Alexander gone from MK Dons. Mike Williamson's in. And Gates said didn't give the ball away for four years, did they, according to oh, half, really? of tw- half of Twitter? <laughs> but, um, yeah. I haven't heard that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, that was my my first thought. You know, I'm like, I'm determined to find the alternative argument. I think, I think, uh, MK Dom's tweeted out like where he was, like where, where Gateshead were and like the, you know, the metrics of ball possession. And then I, I immediately, there was about six of them where he was like first or second. And I immediately grabbed, grabbed the computer and said, well, I'm going to find something they're terrible at. And, uh, they haven't wanted, they've barely won an aerial duel in about four years since he's been exactly. there. So, um, 
We'll shove, see you. Shove that up your mic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Stick that in the box with like yeah. Ipswich <laughs> and teams that we're just like determined to get against only because everyone else is with them. But um, a good luck, Mike Williamson. Um, and a few more. Uh, Kennedy went from Lincoln, didn't he? Um, yeah, I, I put the bock on him after saying he was an excellent young manager about a month ago. Was, uh, sorry about that, Mark. <laughs> a few uh, a few positions to be filled. Um, sounds like the um, the uh, suspensive pause. Sounds like time for the Jew Index, John. Oh, every, back, every, back again by uh, favourite part of the of the week. Yeah, less than popular demand. Um, a pretty small due index this week. Uh, Ethan Coleman. Uh, both of these are linked, I think. Ethan Coleman, a Gillingham midfielder, made both of our lists this week. Uh, I look back, he's been creating plenty of opportunities, having plenty of shots. Arguably the biggest set-piece threat for Jules, as well as plenty of production for a midfielder as well. Didn't yeah. quite get the price we wanted to see. You're going to talk a bit more about him later on. But... um. Mm. I said that was. I said it was linked to the due index because I think Gillingham are at Notts County this weekend, and we, Notts County a big underlined. This this is the conundrum, right? Seven goals conceded from set pieces from an XG of just three and a bit. All of it driven by far and away just the worst aerial dual win percentage in the whole of the EFL. I had a little look through. I know Carl Cameron was missing on Saturday for the Mansfield game, but he's the only defender that comes close to a coin toss when when competing in aerial duels. And he was he was absent for that for that big defeat at Mansfield, as we say. But it's interesting, you know, there's plenty I don't wanna I don't wanna keep harking back to it, but John, we did say, didn't we, that it's that, that defence is gonna be the downfall of, of Notts County. Yeah. And so it um makes you know, makes you wonder why we didn't put up Flint and Cargill last week. But I know, yeah. Uh, it's I easy it's easy in afterwards, them. isn't it, as we say. <laughs> Yeah, I backed uh, Cargill shots. Instead. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was the one he had, which wasn't enough for two plus, no, three plus. He, plus. he knew. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do me. Job done. Yeah. I've scored. What more do you want? Wow. Um, John, anything take your note from last week? From last week, uh, not really. I think the well, not especially on goal scores, but it was interesting how much the market went for Mansfield against Notts County. Mm-hmm. Um, massive move, um, especially late on. Well, it's sustained through the Friday and Saturday. Some of that late would have been Cameron and Jody Jones missing, but it doesn't ad- attribute all of, a lot of it, really, because players at that level don't move it that much. So the big boys still have doubts about Notts County, which I think a lot of that is because they're hard to sort of they're hard to understand on the data, as we keep saying. They're a bit mm. and a very unusual side. So I think a Mansfield, you know, you know what you get. But it, it did show you that how much the the people who drive the markets really, how much they rate Mansfield, if you want to look at it that way. Um, and continuing the uh, anti-public perception theme, um, I noted that this does feel like, it, time's gone by, I'd be... Dick in my lips because this is a huge letdown spot for Mansfield this weekend who are facing yeah. Forest Green Rovers. I'll maybe talk a little bit about that later on because um, I do like I do like those spots. You know, te- again, I won't say too much. I'll talk about it later on. But the teams coming off these Notts County shootouts got a pretty poor record over the over the last um, over the last few weeks. So um, maybe something to be get out there. 
should have saved that for uh, for later on. Should we start off in a championship, John? Where I, I should um I should proceed our um divisional discussions by saying that um yeah I just I just put every single thought I had down on every single game on a bit of paper. Oh. So that's what I'm looking at right here. Good, good job um, I wasn't doing this on Notepad. You're one. I run out of room. It doesn't have that much memory. The old Notepad. John, kick us off in the championship with um, hey, a new name. It's, it's a brand new name, listeners. Don't say we don't we don't bring original content every week. Um, it's actually <laughs> someone we haven't ever mentioned. Uh, I thought an interesting young defender who's just gone to Sunderland is Jensen Sielt or Sielt. He's a Dutch. He's a Dutchman. Um, don't know why that matters, but he is. Um, recent two million signing from PSV reserves. Typical sort of Sunderland signing over the past two, two or three years. Young from abroad, probably a bit raw, but potential. I went digging into the Silt archives, Gav, um, as I'm sure everyone's done this week during the international break. Uh, the Roker Report, which is quite a good website, actually. I presume it's on it Twitter is. as well. But um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I looked there and they um, they asked some PSV. Let's do a bit of Steve McLaren. Yeah. <laughs> PSV fans about him when he signed. Um, a chap called Paul V. Halderan, 98, so I presume he's about 25 years old, but we don't have that date at hand. He, he t- <laughs> That's a real niche. He told the Roker Report, tall but pretty slow. Sounds like the sort of person we want to get with. Um, he's not too good with speedy players, but get ready. He is strong at corners. Thank you, Paul. No, just seeing that from Paul was enough for me to... <laughs> <laughs> That's it now. Jensen's sealed. He's sealed in the... Um, he's sealed in the... Uh, no- Poor old Paul. Poor old, old Paul yeah. V. Halderan 98. Yeah. Little does he know. Go on some him, random, <laughs> <laughs> random podcast. He's now he's now got, you know, the dest- the dest- our destiny is in his hands. We'll almost, uh, almost certainly be sending him a bill in about five seasons when he when he's left <laughs> after 80 games and no goals. But anyway, we went and he did have a he did have a shot from the edge of the box against um Middlesbrough in that morning they got pre-international break. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked back and his scoring record's sort of okay, but he does have two braces in his PSV seconds career, which um, any time you see that for a defender, you have to stand up and take notice. Uh, so, of course, I dug out those goals through fair means or foul. Um, one, he bulldozed the goalkeeper out of the way, which certainly would have been a foul in almost any league, but the ref didn't seem particularly bothered. Uh, two, he just nodded in. And the one that he, yeah, another one he scored, he stayed up front from open play and it was very much like the shot he took against Middlesbrough, actually. Um, so I thought that was fairly interesting. Now, looking at this weekend, I've got absolutely no idea whether he's going to be a starter at this stage. I mean, he started the last league game, but as we know, they got absolutely hammered. So I wouldn't suggest him this week, but if he did start, I think his price is fair. So let's have a bit of love for Jensen Sielt. I know what I know what our listeners are already thinking. Uh, let me let me let me um put them out of their misery. Jensen Silt, three hundred to one, two plus at Stoke. There you go. No, that's, no, what no, it, that's what everyone needed to know. Yeah. Mate, you, you, do you know what? He, not just because he's Dutch, he reminds me of Hoover at Stoke. 
I did, the way he, I saw that effort against Middlesbrough, yeah, the yeah. way he cut in, that was a good old, that was pinged it, didn't he? It was a yeah. player that looked if like he, he knew where the goal was. If he scores as many as he did in his first dozen games, we, we might actually, we might be onto something, but <laughs> we'll be all right. almost certainly not. No, well, we shall see. Good one for the team. Team news on the on Saturday afternoon. Uh, John Slay intersects before you start to talk about Blackburn versus Cardiff. Yes, please. Excellent. Um, Q- uh, championship is back, everyone. Uh, QPR only conceded three from set pieces, but I think plenty of juice left in the tank when you factor in a healthy XG against and a pretty lowly aerial dual percentage. I talk about that a lot recently, don't I? I'm all about aerial dual percentage at the moment. Huddersfield's just one of those sides, if you've listened to this podcast at any point over the course of the last few years. Uh, you know what's coming. Uh, two in four for the our good old friend, Mikhail Helek. Uh, three for the season. Was an absolute menace against Sheffield Wednesday before the break as well. Um, I watched him score at the CBS without a penny on, but I can already, can already hear him licking his lips already as they face QPR this weekend. 12 to 1. Bit short for me, but that should give you an indication about my confidence behind him. Uh, Mikhail Helek, a point at 12 to 1 to get us off and rolling in the championship. I'll finish off. Um, Norwich were pretty terrible against Coventry about a fortnight ago. Um, I popped onto the, um, well, they popped onto the set piece radar. They gave away a mountain of chances from corners against Swansea and they looked pretty shaky at the CBS as well. Leeds on the way this weekend. John, I thought this one might be on, might have been on your list. Your good old friend, Joe Roden, looking a fine 22 to one chance to open his account as well. Um, I'm just checking whether I ended up putting him up or whether I was just talking about him. I didn't end up putting him up. I spoke about him now. Uh, he's not going to be one of my selections, but hey. If he, if he scores, he was. That's the, uh, that's the way we're Absolutely. playing that one. Absolutely. Finish uh, yourself then, John, with a bit of I Hayden, did. a bit of Blackburn Cardiff. Yeah, you nearly gave it away there. But I people, did, I did. People well, <laughs> don't get Carter, everyone. Yeah, you, <laughs> you paid out already on that one. Um <laughs> Yeah, Blackburn Cardiff. I'm not putting him up, but if we mention enough defenders, one of them's got a score soon, surely. Um, <laughs> Hayden Carter again. Just really Cardiff, pretty bad on the defensive set play numbers um, and actual goals conceded this season. But let's be honest, I, I'll keep trying to pretend Blackburn are a particular threat, and they're not really. Um, they don't seem to. I've watched quite a lot of their set plays back um, this week and. Just can't really see any particular plan other than just hitting it. Maybe they should hire Stuart Reid, Gav. Um, pretty sure he worked with them last year, actually. So Good and get him back. Good advice. Yeah, should have renewed the contract, Blackburn. Um, that's the uh, that's the variable. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. And but I thought there was a name that's interesting. Another new name, more of an attacking player, and it's Arnold Sigurdsson, who is a Icelandic international who they signed fairly recently, Blackburn. He's only played four as uh, four hundred. He's only played two hundred minutes across his four games so far, and he's yet to get past the sixty-fourth minute in any one game, which suggests he's not quite up to speed of the championship. But three goals already, Gav. Um, wow. So we can't ask any more than that, really. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been away with Iceland during the international break. Uh, I noticed he had a few shots while he was having fun with Iceland. Um, I would doubt he'd start here because. I don't know, just not really playing out the games yet and he's been away on the international break. What well, The way I'd look at this is if he did start the game, then the 
Uh, 10 to 1 first goal score looks very fair to me. Uh, makes a lot more appeal than any time without only playing 60 odd minutes a game mm-hmm. on average. So keep an eye on the teams again there. If uh, Mr. Sigurdsson does start the game, I think the 10 to 1 first goal score is very interesting. A hearty discussion about championship football there, which threw up. Yeah, um, not like us. 400 centre-halves and some others. <laughs> uh, but only one bet, uh, Mikhail Helek, uh, for me, uh, a point of 12 to 1, as we said. John, I looked at your notes. You um, you couldn't see anything in League One, but fear not, because I saw everything. Whether it's whether some of it's useful, we might need to filter some of this out in the edit, but, um, but let's head off. Um, I d- two interesting angles here against, I'm going to talk about one in League One and one in League Two. I think interesting spots where market might not quite have given the um, the dogs as good a chance as I think that they have. Uh, we'll start off with Bolton, Northampton. It sounds like the most um, after-timing thing anyone's ever said on any podcast, but Bolton won, Carlisle 3 had been coming. Bolton hadn't come close to winning the XG battle since the Derby win at the beginning of, what, last month? Um, they're one win in five coming off 10 or more days break over the last three seasons, including a defeat to Reading earlier in the earlier international break. So plenty of questions as they come off this international break. Look, Cobbler's disappointing in that defeat to, to Shrewsbury last weekend, but they had enough good chances at nil-nil to put the game beyond them before that sucker punch just in injury time. I tell you what perked my interest, two six-yard box headers from our old friend Emmanuel Mont. They perked me up, 33 oh, to 1. He's back. The, he's back. <laughs> he's back. 33 to 1 for the Dreamers, John. Um, I thought, though, in a in a game where people are probably underestimating um, Northampton's win percentage, I thought Sam Hoskins five to two looked the easiest way to get involved. I'm going to put him up with someone else later on. There's a nice little double that pays um, a few points bigger than I than I think did it you, should do. Did you see that um, our old friend John Guffrey is out for a few weeks for Northampton? I did. I did. As well. So the only thing I'd say about Bolton is they had a hell of a lot of hell of a lot of injuries the last six weeks and. Reading up today, they've nearly all come back now. Um, I know that oh. Carl, De- Carl Dempsey was playing with a fractured back, believe it or not. Wow. Um, Dion Charles was playing with a dislocated shoulder. Um, and they probably think they had about seven or eight out. And I'm pretty sure they're nearly all back. But whether they're going to be, I'm sure they'll be eased back in slowly. So there might be one more chance to get against them. So I'm not, I'm not against it. I just thought I'd mention it. Excellent. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. John didn't see anything League One apart from the, the very thing that apart from, counter, counteracted. Apart from being view. negative about you. That's right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, what else did I have? Uh, Charlton Reading looks a penalty kick to the home side here. They Charlton look full of goals at the moment, don't they, under Michael Appleton? Reading. 006 on the road. Set pieces, I thought, might be the way forwards. Lloyd-Jones might not be far away from opening his account at 14. Interesting for um, midfield goal scorer backers. 80 minutes for Scott Fraser in the EFL Cup last time out as well. I think I've got a price here, but I think it's like 9-2, to 5-1, to one, something like that. But Charlton team needs to be interesting to watch on Saturday if you can, if you can start to get on the, um, the Scott Fraser trainers. Any? Um, I had thoughts about Cambridge-Cheltenham. Um, but my only thought was, if any of these are going to be a set set piece threat, then this might be the game, as neither fill you with confidence when defending them. So, don't be surprised to um to see Cambridge Cheltenham settled by the odd set piece or two. 
Talking off Shrewsbury, um, they face Derby. This might be the big set-piece mismatch in the division, John, um, covering all the metrics that we know and love. Our old friend Erin Cashin, everywhere against Cheltenham in the last league game, he goes off at 12. Curtis Nelson was the one, though, um, against Cheltenham, right place at the right time to get a goal. Almost, You look at Curtis Nelson, almost all of his chances come from that second phase, but I thought 16-1 to to follow up against a Shrewsbury side that aren't defending set-pieces that confidently recently was was pretty right. fair, and actually I, I missed this one off the the Jew Index, or not the Jew Index, but someone who an, the old an old school notebook, but you know in the similar vein to who you identified for um, for Sunderland, but um, Jason Raha, I think I'm going to presume it's a silent S, maybe one one to keep an eye on for shows. Ra- Ra- you having that? Ra- <laughs> Uh, Feeney's out for a while, isn't he? Sorry, sorry, John. Yeah, I think uh, that's right. I think so, yeah. I think they, um, well, you, you've got a note here about it. They've re-signed Aaron Pierre as cover, which uh, doesn't exactly inspire confidence. But No, I wonder whether it might be a bit of enthusiasm for, for Raha. <laughs> Raha. It's Raha. Raha. Uh, he had a good header from a free kick and he's put one just over from the edge of the box as well, which, which just made the notebook and was interesting, but um, could be someone to follow. We, we love um Podcast got a history of following Shrewsbury defenders off cliffs, haven't we? So there could be a, there could be another yep. one. That was it. That was it for League One. Um, Nothing there. Oh, Hoskins, which I'll, I'll double him up a little bit later on with something. Uh, John, League Two, set us off in the greatest division in English football. It still is. And um, don't worry, um, ex-club system backers, I'm not putting him up, but it's got to be Mansfield, Forest Green for a bit of never again Bailey Cargill. Um, yes, uh, he scored last week, as we touched on earlier. Um my notes here say I just can't. So we're gonna we're gonna leave we're gonna leave we're gonna leave leave Bailey alone. So he may well notch again against. I think he had 120 appearances for Forest Green. So mm. quite a good uh, long-standing thing there. And it looks a mismatch, but like you say, yes. maybe it's a maybe it's a letdown spot for Nigel Clough's men. Mm. No idea good why luck, I said mate. that, but I did. Um, <laughs> Trying to say something a little bit different than I just can't. Right, we've got we've uh, however minute, minutes we're into this. I've got a selection, everyone. Uh, hey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure who's actually cheering apart from you and me. Um, <laughs> we're going to Crawley versus Crew. Um, this game actually has the highest, as we record, the highest goal line in the whole EFL this weekend. So, which you can't argue with looking at all the data. Both these sides are. Pretty erratic, I would say. They've, they've good spells and bad spells, but the selection is um, my old friend Will Wright, and it's going to be mm. one point at seventeen to two, which I was quite pleasantly surprised with that price um, in the modern era. Anyway, he's been chipping away as our Will. Plenty of efforts, especially of late from right back. One thing I like is he just keeps going. Gav doesn't matter what the game state is. He's had um, he's had three efforts in injury time at the end of games. Um, this season two of those are in games they were winning by a couple of goals so he's quite good in that he just keeps going forward he's not going to sit back um, Crawley goals have dried up on paper in the last couple of games but performances haven't I uh, thought they were particularly good against Wrexham and should have taken something in that game uh, as mentioned what seems years ago but it's probably only three months ago now 
he should still be on penalties because Crawley have yet to be awarded one this season, mm-hmm. um, which is slightly frustrating when when the price was about double when we first spotted this. But anyway, he did. Uh, Will Wright did take and score the fourth in a recent JPT game, so I see no reason why he won't take. And I will confidently say he will score if they get a penalty. So that's that's Q Will Wright miss penalty fifty two <laughs> minutes. Um, but anyway, the selection is Will Wright in Crawley versus Crew at seventeen to two. I love it. I love it. Just as we were talking penalties in in D two, you see, um, Al Hamid he finally got one, didn't he, for Iraq in the week? Yeah, yeah see, the, he, 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 he wasn't. Yeah, nice, um, nice, quite a nice finish from. He sort of. Yeah, I did watch that, and I can't remember the goal now because I've looked. At it was a penalty, it. wasn't it? Yeah, I see, it was a penalty. No, no, he missed a penalty. He missed a penalty. Oh, he missed another one. Oh, there you go. I see he missed another one. <laughs> he missed one in the game before and he scored his first goal for Iraq from open play. Oh, okay. Days ago. I, I thought I'd uh, yeah. I thought I'd seen that he'd scored from a penalty. And I thought, oh no. Hopefully, hopefully oh, Wimbledon haven't noticed either. Uh, yeah. Well done. Well done, Ali. That was fantastic. I mean, the um, one that we both looked at was um as you mentioned earlier, was Ethan Coleman, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm being. I don't know. I, I was very keen. Then I saw the price. He's about fifteen to two best. But is it a terrible price? I don't know. I, I think it's possibly a touch big. Um, last few games since Harris has left, I think this is probably coincidence. But he has been Gillingham as a whole have been look like they're playing without sort of the shekels of Harris to me. A mm. uh, lot more people bombing forward, um, which obviously results in everyone getting forward a little bit more. He's re- he's had 0.31, 0.17 and 0.65 XG last three games, which is as good as you're going to get. Ten shots, three on target. A uh, very small sample there, but and some of that is, was chasing the game against Walsall, but they could easily be chasing the game here against Notts County. Um, no reason why they wouldn't be. Uh, so... As we know, Notts County are pretty unpredictable. We could, this this game could be any score, really. Yeah, so I've been in two minds, really, Gav, uh, about whether to put him up. Um, in some ways, the fifteen to two looks fair, but I think in the back of my mind, of I just remember him being twenty to one last season. But <laughs> you know, you can say that about a lot of players. Yeah, would you reckon defensive midfielder? What nine, ten to one, maybe? Um, Probably, yeah. yeah, built into the price already that he's getting further forward. There's certainly plenty of attacking output there. And like I said, I, I, he, is, he does look one of those ones that's making the most pronounced runs from set pieces in, in recent games. So um, It's one of those, isn't it? A few seasons ago, the price wouldn't have gone with those chances, mm. but it would have had to be a goal. But now the XG has made the price go. Absolutely. And he hasn't actually he hasn't actually scored a goal, <laughs> um, but that's that's the that's the mark the way the market is now. So you have to, you know, absolutely. Like you said, Notts County more than vulnerable, more than porous. Let's let that one lie, um, and then see what. Uh, see, see, yeah, feels like a see how we feel on Saturday. That, that's what that one 
That's what that feels like. You've um, got another selection, haven't you, with uh, Mr. Hoskins and so I have, yeah. So a couple more in League Two for me. So let's talk about like Mansfield, Forest Green. As I said earlier, time's gone by. This feels like a huge letdown spot for Mansfield. Just just have a little look at teams coming off the back of those Notts County shootouts. They're not covering themselves in glory. We know Mansfield are a better yardstick than all the other teams that Notts County have faced potentially. But, um, hey, look, you know, Forest Green, they're never going to be in better spirits than they are right now, right? After sticking five past Colchester last week, I thought Callum Morton was interesting here. First start, first goal, was 8-12 in the division with Fleetwood a, Fleetwood a while back. Didn't work out at Salford, although I read some interviews this week. He sounded like he was having a bit of a minor dig at some of his previous employers. He's saying he played him out wide, playing out of position, but he's back through the middle, point to prove. In a nice spot, for Forest Green, I thought nine to two was pretty fair. And if you stick that together with a five to two for Sam Hoskins, I think you got two forwards inside that are in spots that I like, that are against probably, you know, market opinion. The public pump the public punters will not like Forest Green or Northampton this weekend. So I thought hey, oh. it was worth a, 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 a better angle could be backing four plays in both of those sides and the, the double the Sam Hoskins and Callum Morton plays about 18 to 1 so I shall stick a point on that as well which looks a good way to get involved um, shall I just mention let me just mention Friday night as well so Tranmere Doncaster oh yes Doncaster at least they found their shooting boots right they, you know um, you chatted me earlier in the week when we were talk when you were talking about um Jensen Selt and you said, Oh, I found a new name and I instinctively thought, because I know you're the you know, secret Doncaster fan, John, I thought it must be Tom oh, Nixon yeah. at fullback for, for Doncaster. Um it wasn't him, but he's made my radar anyway. I thought sixteens was proper value on a Friday night. We've been here before with with Doncaster, but um you know that run they beat They've, they've only been beaten by Stockport, Mansfield and Barrow on the road lately. They look sharper than Tranmere. They look like they got a result in them. I thought 16s, Nixon certainly appeals. He was really busy um, the last few games. He certainly appeals more than the 15-8 to 8 on the away win here. Not quite ready to trust Doncaster right yet, but I'm more than, um, more than willing to stick a point on Tom Nixon Friday night. Doncaster against Tranmere at 16-1. to 1. Anything else for you, John? No, I don't think so, mate. It's just going to be the, um, just to reiterate, the only, in the championship, uh, if you're able to wait this long, if uh, Sigurdsson started for Blackburn, then the 10 to 1 first goal score only would be fine. And if uh, Jensen Sielt started, then I'd probably suggest a similar approach for him um, with a chance he might not play the full game. And in League Two, the only, Official selection, if you like, is one point on Will Wright at 17 to 2. That's in the Crawley versus Crew game. Looks a good game, that one. Um, one for the yeah, neutrals. Good form for the neutral and two good set piece sides as well. Um, in that yeah. one. Um, I've got a, a point on the Hoskins Callum Morton double, which pays around 18 to 1. If you shop around, I've got a point on Mikhail Hellick, 12 to 1 for Huddersfield. And how about a Friday night to kick us off in exactly the right way for the weekend? Point on Tom Nixon for Doncaster at 16 to 1. John, what a what a what a Thursday evening of content creation. Uh, 
you've got to be sick of me by now. We've had um, <laughs> what else could we record tonight? Is there any? Should we should we do another special, or is that is that enough? Do you think? I think they do. Uh, lots of podcasts get lots of listeners by being angry about things these days, yeah. John. Or um, you know, Brexit was bad, wasn't it? Brexit state of horse racing in the UK is often a good one that people like moaning about recently. Yeah. Have you seen the price of a pint of milk recently? <sighs> Absolutely. Have you seen uh oh have you seen have you seen Gateshead's possession stats? That's another one oh, I've seen no. quite recently. What, what, and what was it again? <laughs> like I said, they they didn't give the ball away. They didn't give the ball away. You seen that you seen you must have seen that. You've seen the it's in the video, isn't you? Then passing, I forget who yes, it was. Yes, Maidenhead, yes. was it? Today, yeah, pass, passing around against a pub side. How impressive! Absolutely, reminding me of uh, Brazil nineteen seventy. John, you mean, yes, that? yes. Someone they, they always rate that. always rate that Brazil side. I watched lots of those games. Not, I wasn't alive at that point, but um, everyone, everyone was walking and no one was tackling. That's that was my review of Brazil seventy. Stick it, stick it up there. Get it in the mixer, lads. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, Bring back Neil Harris. I don't think anyone gone? got within a Brazil player about 10 yards the entire tournament. But, hey, I you know, they done well. Brazil uh, Brazil 1970 would done well to go down as the second greatest team in the history of world football. Yeah, Can't believe, uh, you know, obviously only beaten by Gateshead 2019 to 2023. Uh, well, it's what everyone was saying. Definitely was saying a week ago before they'd even realised Mike Williamson was a manager. Right. <laughs> Good luck, He's Mike the, Williamson. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Mike. Yeah. I've told you. To, I've told you to shove off back to National League North. And Gav, Gav spent ten minutes saying you you play it too slow. Get it in the mix. Good luck. Good luck. He's the new Richie Wellens. Go on. Good luck, Mike. <laughs> you know he's going up in the Premier League. He'll be in charge of Newcastle in three seasons. Oh, I'll, I'll, oh. Still, <laughs> I'll still find a way to um, prove this. <laughs> right. um, we stick to our principles on this podcast. Absolutely. You've got to have beliefs. <laughs> we won't change <laughs> our opinion, whatever the evidence. That's, that's it. I won't be happy until it's Richie relegated. <laughs> And MK yes. Dons are in the National and, uh, League. <laughs> Mark Kennedy and Scott Brown are managing the old firm. That's, the, that's um, right. That's <laughs> Just the way it should be. Uh, John, what a fantastic way to spend 33 minutes, 34 minutes on a on a Friday evening. Uh, on a Thursday evening, sorry. <laughs> it feels, <laughs> yeah, it feels, feels like, like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, li- li- every, anyone still listening, go and check out the episode we've done with Stuart Reid. Um, it'll come out on the same feed when it goes the same. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, should yeah. just be just before this. One, even so. if even if you think it seems a bit, you know, we try and try to keep it not sort of too detailed, maybe, but there is detail in there as well. So, and he was a great guy to chat to, and I certainly learned a few bits. So, hopefully, right, if, if I know our listeners, there's plenty in there to um to uncover and learn about this uh, this beautiful game of ours, and um. Yeah, set piece fascination, John. Uh, enjoyable chat. Hopefully, a few winners there. Winners or no winners, we'll do it all again next week. Uh, whatever you're backing, uh, be lucky. John, speak to you soon. Yep, yeah, and uh, remember to stay cheery, everybody. Yeah.